Adventures Not Included is a serialized story podcast featuring actual play of Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition from Wizards of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast own their respective trademarks, copyrights, and related materials. A special thanks to all the great people at Wizards of the Coast for all their hard work creating wonderful games for us to play. on Heroes Not Included. We were getting ready to do a big, like, let's go sneak there, and we were planning uh, yeah. it all out, and they were like, they're ready to talk to you. And we, oh. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we had to listen to them, accuse us of being assassins. Oh, yeah. Imrith was there. She had Harshnag's axe. Imrith got caught in a lie. She admitted that the king had been taken and not killed outright. I was just like, that's a dragon! Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. And then there was a little bit of a scuffle. Imrith teleported. She gave you a wooden coin. She believed that her father's captors dropped it. Dropped it by accident. Okay, and we were going to ask the Harpers. Did they have a shield on it or something? Or just... It has a goose. He said, transport us to Everloon. We're going to talk to the Harpers about this coin. She said that she'll have some supplies ready for you. I also ratted out uh, the fire giants on their Colossus building. You did. Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> you did. And what did uh, Sarissa say? It's yeah. a matter for your father. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Heroes Not Included. Season 2. The constriction ends as abruptly as it started, and you find yourself standing in the middle of Everland, out of nowhere, just <laughs> And everybody in the middle of town kind of stops and looks, because all three of you arrive, and you are surrounded by boxes and barrels. We didn't go to the, onto the network. We're just, yeah, this we, is this is this was the, the storm giant's own. Yeah, she own said thing. she would have stuff for us when okay. we arrived. Well, <laughs> shit, I didn't take her. Literally. <laughs> And uh, on top of the boxes and barrels, Aspen and Calic, you both spy some velvet bags uh, with your names in a fine calligraphy on them. Uh, Calic, the the bag is smaller than a coin purse. Mm. Aspen, uh, the bag that you find is quite larger than a coin purse. And it has a little tag on it. And at the bottom, underneath the calligraphy, you see a giant rune. Uh, which you take to uh, possibly be the room for Sarissa. Hmm. If you look through the boxes and barrels, you find tackle, rations, 12 potions of greater healing. So we each get four. Total rations, there are two weeks worth of rations. Essentially, you find the contents of an adventure adventurer's backpack three times over. Yeah. Backpack with a bedroll, mess kit, tinderbox, torches, rations, water skin, hemp and rope. Yeah. Instead of all of those torches, there's only half torches. The other half are candles and a lantern. <laughs> all right. Uh, so that's what you find surrounded by you. And then I believe that she also gave each of you spending money before you left. If you recall, you were each given a sapphire. Oh, yeah. Worth 5,000 gold pieces. No big deal. Well, to her, it was a rather small um, token. I already have an explorer's pack, so I might just take the extra rope. You guys want to look inside your bags? 
<laughs> have your names on them? Uh, we'll maybe see. somebody yeah. thought a lot about it. We'll you know, just leave this. I figured you'd do Kelly. So I grab the pack and sling it over my shoulder. I go through and I throw out some of the torches. I just don't want those. Yeah. I already had some anyway. And then I go and uh, pick up the little bag and I hold it up and look at it. And then I open it. When he slings the bag over his shoulder, I say, hmm. And then go put my... <laughs> That's fine, whatever. All right. Uh, you open up the, the small velvet bag, and inside you see a small, uh, you see a gold ring. Ooh. A gold ring. I pick it up and look at it. Okay. Bite it a little. It's gold. Good. Although, chocolate would have been nice, too, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you put it on insulate. Just... <laughs> so slippery. <laughs> I begin to investigate it while, okay. you know, everyone's doing their stuff. Okay. Some investigation, and while everyone's packing up mm-hmm. all of their stuff, uh, that most certainly would take an hour to do, the town folk are giving you guys wide berth. They're just <laughs> like, we're not even going to bother to put our nose in it. Good call. Um, you know, this is the home, the uh, head base of the Harpers, and so most people who live here are either a Harper or associated with a Harper, and they've learned long ago. Don't ask questions. <laughs> That it's best to uh, mind your business unless you uh, are interested in getting into business. <laughs> it is a ring of blink. Ooh. And what the ring enables you to do... If your eyes are dry. <laughs> I can finally blink. <laughs> <laughs> what the ring enables you to do is use the blink spell as a reaction for one die four times a day. Every day at sunrise, you roll one die four, and that's the number of charges that it has to hold. Wow, that's awesome. What you a can nice... do that thing where you punch someone, <laughs> and then you go to the other side as they're coming falling backwards and punch them in the back. Yep. Just ruined half my combat there, Richie. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know if you have read the blink spell recently. We got skipped to the last chapter. <laughs> but when you cast it, you roll a die 20, and then on 11 or higher, you vanish to the ethereal plane. Mm-hmm. And then on your next turn, you can come back to the plane that you came from within 10 feet of the space that you vanished from. And while you're in the ethereal plane, you can see what's going on. You just can't interact with it, nor can anyone interact with you. Yeah, I also scramble to get my leather pouch. Get your leather pouch? Or velvet pouch. You open up the velvet pouch, and you pull out this green and gold quiver. And you notice that it has three different compartments. You see an elvish script engraved in the gold trim. Okay, I can read elven, so what does it say? Alona. Okay, what, what is that? You believe it's a name. But you notice three compartments. And fiddling around a little bit with it, you notice that they have three different sizes. There's a compartment that runs the full length of the quiver, a compartment that seems to only run half the length of the quiver, and a compartment that runs a quarter of the length of the quiver. You can put a great number of things in here. I could put a great number of things in here. Neat. Put it on, scramble down, because I assume it was on top of boxes and stuff. Yes, it was on top of it was on top of boxes and stuff. So I probably scrambled up through the pouch down to Calic. Mm-hmm. And then opened mine up on top of the boxes. Scrambled into it and scrambled down. Okay. So I'll just like drag uh, Aobard, I assume you just kind of put your adventurer's pack into the other yeah. bag. 
Um, this guy scraped it all in there. Right. Um, <laughs> so all the stuff's in the bag. Everybody got everything. Where are we going? Moongloom Tower? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go. Got information. Ooh, good roll. We got four slots today, friends. Nice. Four what? Four blink slots. Nice. Yes, well, the Moongleam Tower just happens to be right in front of you. Oh. You literally landed in the Bell Market, as it were, and it's easy to see the tower from where you are. Straight ahead. Well, I start walking. Yep, just follow suit. Okay. You continue heading straight ahead and you wind your way through a few houses until you make your way onto the tower grounds. And uh, as before, you see people uh, coming and going. Um, I do want to make a point of being on watch. Okay. Um, because I don't know the full capability of Imrath's power. And so I'm, I know that other shapeshifters can shapeshift into whatever they want. So I want to make sure that nobody's following us or any of that. Okay. Because she's had a, a, a way of being ahead of us through the last couple of times we ran into her, so... All right. I'm just going to kind of try and stay alert. Yeah. All right. You make your way onto the grounds, and you make your way uh, to the foot of the tower with its black, almost obsidian-like stone reflecting in the sunlight. Uh, I walk up and pound on the door. <laughs> yeah, okay, you pound on the door, and you see uh, someone open the door... And just as you're about to say something, they just kind of look at you and they walk on by, leaving the door open. And you see someone walk by you guys and walk in. I walk on by and walk in. Okay. <laughs> they go, after you! <laughs> <laughs> this is the same place we were at before, right? Mm-hmm. And he had taken us up to a sort of study. Or yeah. A, so I just head that way. You're going to head up there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you make your way up the winding staircase uh, until... It, all the floors kind of look similar, and uh, so there's a couple moments where you have to stop and kind of go, hey, um, well, okay, nope, one more one more floor. Okay, yeah, this is this is the hallway. You make your way down the hall to a door that looks familiar, and it is uh, currently closed. I just look at Calic. There you go. After you! <laughs> <laughs> I, I go to open the door. It's open. <laughs> okay, I, I walk in. Okay. Uh, You see Valharo behind a desk, his head down, uh, looking over some scrolls. And uh, as you step step in, Eobard, he says, I told you I was not to be disturbed. I will have my lunch later. I I stand for a a good 12, 13 seconds. Okay. At some point I go... If I have to tell you again, I'll... Oh. Eobard. Kallik. Aspen, come in, please, sit down. I press the digitate, the door shut. Okay. <laughs> I hope you, like, kind of hunch and raise your hand <laughs> to do it, too. <laughs> I <laughs> closing the door. <laughs> and I make, a, I make a pattern like this above the chair, going like this, dusting it with a spell the same way, and then sit down. Okay. Uh, I stand with my arms crossed. <laughs> uh, I pull out that coin, and I put it on the table, and I push it forward. And I say, does this mean anything to you? And he picks up the coin, and he looks at it. 
Hmm. Well, I have never seen this coin, but I have seen coins like it. Oftentimes, casinos use these wooden chips to represent gold. That's... I wasn't expecting that. I knew there was a casino. Do you know any that are goose-themed? Uh, no, I'm afraid I'm not much of a gambler. Well, if you'll call for some drinks, we have a lot to tell you. Oh. Well, I look forward to hearing it. He reaches behind his chair over near where there are some curtains, and he pulls on a cord of some kind, and he says, I'm all ears. So, I say, we went and visited the Storm King's palace. It's under the sea. Hmm. And we met with many, many giants. We were very small. And we uncovered a horrible conspiracy amongst the court. And what conspiracy is this? It turns out that the young daughters of the Storm King have been manipulated. And I'm sad to say it's led to the death of the Storm Queen and the disappearance of the Storm King. And it's been orchestrated at the hands of a blue dragon, who I think is no longer a problem. Mm-mm. No, she disappear? She, she disappeared, bud. Ah, uh, <laughs> who is very much still a problem. She was discovered. Unfortunately, she disappeared. And now it's somehow fallen upon us to go and find this missing Storm King. And here, and I hold the coin up again, is our current clue. Hmm. And now that you tell me that it's a casino... I admit, I'm slightly confused, but it's a lead nonetheless. A blue dragon had deceived all of the daughters of Hecaton. That is the appearance of things. So all three of the daughters were under her spell, and she then killed the queen. Well, we, we haven't confirmed that she killed the queen. The story that she had told the daughters was that small folk had killed the queen, but I think I probably would have heard about this by now, given how much time we've been spending in and around Giants. The last I heard, she was simply in deep mourning, so it appears to me, anyway, that uh, she was probably disposed of in order to more easily manipulate the, the daughters. Hmm. Imrith was posing as a storm giant. Interesting. Some of this makes sense, however, some of it doesn't. One of the daughters of Hecaton was recently spotted along the coast, seemingly enraged as though outcast. Was there a conflict between the daughters? Yes. Yes, there was. We, uh, we kind of uncovered the deception and treachery in front of the full court of the youngest who has taken place of her father's throne mm. and exposed that the two older daughters were the ones who specifically worked with Imrith in So they were form. working with the giant. I mean, the <clears throat> dragon. I'm not sure if they knew Imrith was a dragon, but they were definitely working with Imrith in storm giant form. Ah. To oust. Okay, that helps. And you say that Sarissa, then, is currently acting as regent. Yes. yes. So was it Sarissa who charged you with finding her father? Yes. Yep. She provided the coin, which she found near where her father disappeared, sent us back here, and also gave us provisions on our quest. We also believe that Hecaton may still be alive. Um, Imrith, one of the lies that exposed Imrith, was uh, that she admitted that Hecaton had been abducted rather than killed outright, which is what Sarissa had been told. 
We also spoke mm. with the Oracle with Harshnag, which was the first part of our Yes, adventure. where is Harshnag? Unfortunately, Harshnag did not make it back from the eye of the Allfather. Well, um, maybe. I mean, it, we, it's unclear. Yes, we, we... After speaking with the Oracle, who was unable to tell us whether Hagaton was alive or not, it was just unknown, <clears throat> when we left the Oracle... Uh, we were confronted by Imrith in the in dragon form. And Harshnag... She had made her way to the Eye of the Allfather. Yes. And Harshnag uh, provided a distraction as we escaped. Uh, but if, if he has fallen, that is most unfortunate. And then from the Eye of the Allfather, you left and headed to the court of Hecaton. Sort of. The Allfather or Oracle... Uh, provided us with the information needed to figure out how to get to the court, which was to retrieve a specific uh, conch in the possession of the fire giant Duke Zalto. So we proceeded to his palace um, to find this conch and make our way to the court. There is one other piece of information that has come across my desk. I don't know if you will have any information about this, but we are getting reports that Drow are working with fire giants. Yep, that's true. Very true. Fire giants are constructing a colossus, and they have acquired the prime evil from Gonzo Grimm to power it. That explains what's going on with Gonzo Grimm. We told Sarissa about that too. Uh, we lost contact with out. all of our agents in Gontelgrim two weeks ago. And no one has been able to get in or out of the city. Now this is interesting. I do know of an agent of ours who has been known to frequent gambling establishments. He might be of some assistance. But other than that, I'm afraid I've never seen that coin before. Definitely, let's talk to this person. Excellent. Uh, will you be staying? Shall I have uh, rooms made up? Works for me. At that point, a, a door opens and you see someone step in and he says, uh, We have guests. So if we could have three guest rooms made available, and could you also provide them with refreshments? And you see someone nod, shut the door. He says, Well, gentlemen, I appreciate you sharing this information. This puts a lot of pieces together. It helps us make sense of a great number of reports that we've been receiving. Please feel free to stay as long as you like. And if you come across any more information, please send it along. Um, Certainly. Yep, I I nod and turn and... Good afternoon. And he goes back to the scroll. So uh, you step out uh, into the hallway, and uh, you see someone standing there. Uh, He says... I want to take you to the guest rooms. <laughs> right this way. What'd he say? Mm-hmm. I just followed him. Okay. He walks down a couple flights and he goes, Hey, you go. One, two, three. Enjoy. There's also some uh, beverages in there in case you get a little fussy. Mm-hmm. Great. I walk right to the beverages. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you open, I guess, the door at random. One of the three yep, at random. Just, just grab one of them. Khaled walks in to his... Uh, you find it very well appointed. You find a tall carafe of red wine. 
I pick up uh, the carafe with my right hand, and I pick up a glass with my left hand, uh, and I move the glass over, and then I just drink out of the carafe <laughs> in my right hand. I thought you were going to pour some into the glass, set the glass aside, and drink out of the carafe. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> for later and for now. <laughs> Uh, awesome, excellent. And I'm assuming that um, Aelbard and Aspen, the two of you, mm-hmm. uh, do the same at your uh-huh. rooms. Except uh, before we go, I use my mage hand to pluck the coin purse mm-hmm. out of the bag of holding that Aelbard has, because I'm gonna go um, do some shopping. Do some shopping. Ah, I see. Because I'm the responsible one. <laughs> okay. All right. Alex over here getting day drunk. Aobard's gonna go mope. Yeah, I have poetry to write. <laughs> so yeah, I do. I do exactly that. All right. I do that, and uh, I just sit with the book, and then I practice infernal with Malthus. You're you're starting to actually get pretty decent at it. I would say at this point that uh, you're capable of speaking basic inferno. Okay. At this point, you are. You I was are... trying to imagine myself, dude. When we get there, I'll be able to ask where the bathroom is. <laughs> Two-year-old kid inferno. Yeah, the ball falls. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 at the C spot run. Now. Um, yeah, you you know some basic phrases. I am suffering from heat stroke. Uh, I would. Yeah. Hi, my name is Aobard. How are you? Um, is this my pitchfork or yours? Infernal, <laughs> what the first phrases are. I guess it would Ouch, my oh, tail. Yeah. Ouch, please stop. Don't kill me. I will sell you my soul. Contract? <laughs> I, think, I think I have it now, Malthus. Where do uh, I sign? <laughs> I stab you in the name of all that is unholy. So as I sit there reading the book, I, I try to talk to him in, in Infernal, uh-huh. and then I, you know, I say things like, what is the mouth of Calabasas? <laughs> I don't know what this is. I'll get to a different part of the book. <laughs> as you do this, you hear thuds, mm-hmm. I assume. I, I pick the middle room to walk right in, so mm-hmm. you're on each side of me. You mm-hmm. just keep, keep hearing somewhat rhythmic thuds <laughs> on the wall. And then you hear, ha ha ha! Uh, <laughs> and you just hear thuds again. I don't, I don't know. Yep. So I read it until I pass out, okay. thinking that the dreams I'm going to have are going to be real messed up. They yeah. are. They are. They're pretty messed up. In my skin bound book of evil. All right. Uh, Aelbard is uh, indisposed until tomorrow morning. I imagine, Calic, that you will probably be ordering a great quantity of beverages. Yes, they continue, mostly through the night. And at one point, I am locked out of my room. <laughs> for I walked outside and was unable to get back in. The door was not locked, though. Yeah. No, it, it's a pull, but I thought it was a push. And it would not open every time I pushed. You broke through the hinges. Did not break through. No, that would be disrespectful. Someone could go, look, pushing. <laughs> I then I then passed out, hunched over in the hallway in, in, in front of my no. door, <laughs> snoring very. <laughs> the crow sitting on your back, sort of casually pecking. Uh, he's thing. gone in search of goat. Uh, he's developed a taste. Chupacabra. <laughs> Chupacabra. <laughs> 
Aspen, what do you purchase at the store? Um, Aspen would like to purchase... How many healing potions does everybody have? Greater. Four greater. I have three regular and four greater. So I'll pick up Aobar and three, three regulars, because I also have three regulars. I also... I take that back. I've got four greater and... Um, that we just got, mm-hmm. and I haven't used any of those previous round that you got. Yeah, three also. So, so have three, three also. regular? Yeah. Well, then, I guess I'm just gonna restock my component pouch. Because I got some new stuff that I need some extra stuff for. Good. Um, so I wanna make sure I have all that stuff. And then, um, I don't know what else we would need. I don't really know where we're going yet. But I guess I want to. Is there a place here where I can pick up some fancy arrows? I got some. I got some other fancy arrows already. I've got some acid and alchemist fire. But I want to know if there was any others that I could pick up. Uh, nothing like those. Okay. No, here when you ask about fancy arrows, he shows you ones made of gold, ones made of silver. <laughs> gold. <laughs> and a diamond. And an iron. Uh, they are quite literally <laughs> fancy. Yeah. Mm. These you hang. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, are there any poisons? Well, you are uh, at the headquarters of the Harpers. <laughs> <laughs> and they tend to um, believe in the responsible use of uh, various chemicals to assist in the acquisition of knowledge. I'm just imagining Eobard turning mouth just being like, go follow Aspen. Make sure he doesn't get like picked up by a hawk or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fit away larger predators, <laughs> prey animals. <laughs> All right, so Aspen. Yes. When he gets drunk, make sure you just roll him over. That's the other one, Master. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You go looking for arrows, and then you decide, you know what? Actually, I could use some poison. Yep. <clears throat> Poisons. You, you maybe remembered a conversation with Eobard. You decided to sit and, and also with Kallik because he's a drunk. And yeah. Drink is a poison. Yeah. <laughs> you make your way over to uh, the apothecary. And unlike in other towns, where walking into a bug theory and going, yeah, poison? is <laughs> <laughs> a rant. Someone might be like, um, no. apothecary <laughs> <laughs> go. <laughs> in this town, the apothecary, who looks a bit bored, it's like a Bartels, <laughs> points you towards the end of his counter. And on the end of his counter, you see a poisoner's kit, and you see four different colored liquids in various sizes. Okay. Vials and <clears throat> larger. Uh, excuse me, can you can you tell me what these do? <sighs> you see, uh, he is an elf with long, dark hair, and he walks over and he says, first time poisoning? Uh, yeah, and I don't know exactly what I'm uh, gonna poison with it. I'm it's just good to have stuff on hand, right? I suppose if one is going to do poisoning. <laughs> okay, so can you tell me what these do? I, I'm assuming they do different things because they're different colors, right? Yes, indeed. I can tell that you are one of the smarter ones. This here is a kit which I would highly recommend that you purchase. And it will include the vials and a variety of poison neutralizers, 
That's important. Should you accidentally poison yourself? Oh, that won't be me, but I have friends. No, certainly not. I couldn't imagine someone of your intellectual caliber ever poisoning himself. Your condescension is becoming annoying. You should stop that before I tell my friends about you. <laughs> now you have me incredibly concerned. Now, this one here... You realize I'm buying a kit for poisoning, right? <laughs> Are you threatening me? Hmm. This one here is green. This green one is pretty much a basic run-of-the-mill sort of poison. It weakens a person's constitution. And it will last for around about a minute or two before it completely dries and loses any kind of efficacy. Before it's of no use. I know what efficacy means. I also know other words that start with F. <laughs> he says, now of that I have no doubt. <laughs> this next one here, this blue one, comes from the venom of a wyvern. And it is quite deadly. Not only does it weaken the constitution, but it most certainly will kill someone. This here, this purplish-green poison comes from the venom of a purple worm. Mm. Uh, it is uh, even more deadly than the previous one. A bell in my mind. <laughs> and then this one here in the opaque vial is made by the drow. Ugh. And while it's not as deadly as the others, it does possess the unique ability to make the recipient unconscious. Also helpful. And all of these come in one of these kits? No. They are sold separately from the kit. The kit is so that you can handle them correctly. So I want two kits and a full set of the purple worm and a full set of the drow. We realize we'll have to be like super careful around Calic, right? Mm-hmm. Because like one drop and it's like all over him. It gets diluted, though, doesn't it? I guess. I, wait, wait, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in... You're immune? I'm immune now. He eats a gulp. That's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to worry about anything. Oh, that's good. He says, all right, one vial of the purple worm poison is 2,000 gold. Okay. How many vials would you like? How much are the uh, drow ones? 200. Okay. And how many doses are in each vial? Is it just one dose, one vial? It depends on its application. If you apply it to, say, an arrow or a dagger, then there are ten doses to a vial. It says each kit is 50 gold pieces. That's 100 gold. You said the vials of the drow are 200 apiece. There's ten. I will take two poisoner's kits. I will take two vials of your purple worm poison, and then I will take four vials of your drow poison. Okay. And in return, I will give you, when I reach into the pouch and I pull out the, the big old sapphire. He kind of looks at it, he's a little surprised. He says, you have a deal. Okay. He uh, one. carefully wraps everything up into a nice little bundle. He says, the vials do not have indestructibility on them. Okay, I will be very careful. Do Thank you very much. 
and I leave and vow never to walk foot in his establishment again. <laughs> Those all are injury-based, so you would actually, you could, you could technically pour them on your skin and be fine, but if you, if you get open wound... Mm-hmm. And then I assume you make your way back to your room. Yep. I do indeed. Kalik, you were awoken in the early morning because someone tripped over you. <laughs> and they turn and are like, oh, uh, excuse me. As they're saying that, yeah. I, as, as I was awoken, I, my hands were crossed across my chest. Yeah. And I was like, ah! And I rubbed my ring. Uh-huh. And I disappeared immediately. Okay. <laughs> uh, you find yourself in the ethereal plane. And I'm just like, ha! Ha! And you look around, and it looks as though you are still where you were, but everything is gray and <laughs> cloudy. And you see the guy, and he's like, like, um, uh, and he starts to walk away. I'm like, no, no, don't, don't, don't leave me! No! He continues to walk away. No, no! It's uh, like he can't hear you almost. <laughs> like, um, do you have anything when you travel there? Or you're. You basically, like, any of your pouch or anything? Well, it's all on you, but you can't affect the, the prime from the ethereal. So I reach into my pouch and pull out a water skin, and I yeah. start drinking some of my spare emergency wine. Uh, <laughs> always always you know, good. Most, Calm my nerves. Yeah, always have a bottle on you. That's, that's, that's a key learning. <laughs> so I start drinking that, and I'm just kind of, like, my eyes are darting around, and I'm like, hopefully this will fix it. <laughs> it just down the whole skin, and I close my eyes. Okay. You close your eyes, <laughs> and you click your heels together three times, <laughs> and uh, you find yourself standing in your room. <laughs> I'm like, ah, whoa! <sighs> Good old wine. <laughs> wine <laughs> Always cure. cures daddy's ailness. <laughs> cures what ails you. So I walk back out of my room, okay. and I go to Eobard's, and I start pounding on the door. Someone is pounding on your door, Eobard. Ah, it's the wet one. <laughs> I, I creepily rise out of my bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good thing I didn't see that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go, uh, uh. <laughs> mm. Clothes coming to me and dressing me as I walk towards the door, flinging around me. And then I grab it and open it. Yeah. Good morning! I said, yes, I'll have the coffee cake and shut the door. <laughs> I punch the door open. <laughs> the door goes flying back open. Okay, just the coffee. <laughs> Don't shut the door on me. <laughs> it's time we move. Get ready. Nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> well, I, I say, I shrug, and then I, I uh, follow Calic. I go over to Aspen's door. Yeah, it's closed. And I casually knock on it. Okay. I get up. My stuff's already ready. I packed last night. <laughs> <laughs> I have it all on. I walk over to the door. So, uh, yeah, Aspen, you answer the door, all dressed and ready to go. You see Calix standing there. It looks like he's uh, had a rough night. We're, we're going, right? Yep. So I just kind of walk past him mm-hmm. and over to Aobard, and I just kind of, like, stuff one of the poisoner's kits. There's a thing in there in case you get poisoned. Okay. Make sure Malthus knows where it is if you need it. Oh, oh, there's an anti-venom poison. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got you. I got you a poisoner's kit. That's good. So you can not die in case you get hit with something. In my mind, I go, 
How did he know we were using poison now? <laughs> Must make sure that shield thoughts. <laughs> Malthus knocks on your noggin. Um, yeah, I don't know that his name is Malthus. So I think I'm going to call him Chupacabra. Okay. Your little, your little thing. Your, your little Chupacabra. Nope. Make sure he knows where it is. And I look at him and I go, Chupacabra. Uh-huh. <laughs> you eats that? It means goat sucker. Mm. <laughs> goat sucker. I start with the ear. <laughs> Is there a goat here? We should have goat. Let's go. It's breakfast time. <laughs> all right, so you all are standing in the hallway. What would you like to do? We need to go talk to the... I, I see no reason to, to dilly-dally. I think we should go talk to this contact that knows something about gambling. Do we get a name or anything about him? No. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to go back to our friend. <laughs> I thought, did, didn't he say he was going to contact us? No, he said it, he, he knows of someone and that he would send for them. Well, we're here. They probably have breakfast somewhere. Let's go get breakfast. So I guess we're waiting till he is sent for. You do see a group of people kind of making their way down flights of stairs towards the first floor. From whence comes the smell of fresh bread? Yes, let's do it. Brown shit up. Uh, you follow the trail of people and the smell of fresh bread until you enter into a, a dining hall of sorts. You see several long tables with benches. And at one end of the hall, you see a buffet. And on top of the buffet, you see piles of fresh rolls. And you see porridge. And you see some fruit. On top of the buffet, you see wooden bowls and spoons. Go and grab some rolls and just shove them in my mouth. Okay. Rolls and fruit. Rolls and fruit. Along each of the long tables, spaced regularly, are little casts of uh, small beer. I go and uh, move a cast right in front of me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Aspen, you dive right in, I assume. Mm Mm-hmm. Aylbardi, are you actually going to feed yourself, or...? I'm pushing things around on a plate and patiently drumming my fingers, wondering when this envoy from the gambling people will show up. Okay. Breakfast passes uneventfully. Still, at the end of breakfast, people get up and begin to make their way off in whatever directions they're headed. You see Val Harlow enter the hall, and he kind of looks around, and immediately he spots the three of you. He walks over. Enjoy breakfast. Aspen has his mouth full, but nods. Kick up. Good. The Hollum has arrived. He is the individual I spoke of, who has been known from time to time to frequent gambling establishments. He's in my solar, should you wish to meet with him. And he looks at all three of you and says, Good morning. And I walk to the solar. Okay. Yeah, we all just get up and go. Okay. You guys make your way uh, up the steps uh, to the solar or the, or the study, essentially the place where you've always met Valparo. And upon entering, you see an incredibly rotund, <laughs> more rotund than he is tall dwarf. And he has uh, a beard that is so long that he has tucked it into his belt, and then what has remained, he has brought all the way back up to his head and had it braided back in. That's one way to keep your pants up, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
intermixed into the beard, you see bits of gold and silver and jewels. And he's wearing some brightly colored and very richly styled velvets. You walk in and uh, he says, It's a pleasure to meet you. Rumor has it you've been asking about where to do some gambling. I walk straight up to him and I bend down to meet eyes with him and I pull that coin up and hold it right between our faces mm-hmm. and I say does this coin mean anything to you? Oh, he takes it out of your hand and he kind of looks at it. Well, that there is a golden goose. I had a feeling. You had a feeling? Yeah, there's a goose on it. Everybody knows the story of the golden goose. <laughs> He says, that there is a golden goose. And there's only one place you can get a golden goose. And I say, and where might that be? The Grand Dame in Yartar. The Grand Dame in Yartar. I hear they have great sauce there. <laughs> Yartar sauce. <laughs> <laughs> this is the second time this has come up. Inspiration! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll recycle that joke. It was a good one. <laughs> the mayor of Yartar is always like, God. Please, can we just rename this council? Yeah, it's have- so expensive to upgrade the maps. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't heard that before. You're also, really clever. Also, the sauce lobby would be really upset. They, yeah, really, right? they really bank on this. That's why they relocated it. We're, we're going to have yarder days. <laughs> Golden Dame, is that what he said? Mm-hmm. The Grand Dame. Oh, the Grand Dame. The Grand Dame in Yarder. I stayed up straight. I put the coin away, mm-hmm. or I reach and grab it back, and I say, thank you, and then turn on my heel and just start walking away. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the rest of you? What can you tell us about this grand name? <laughs> yeah, I stay with Aspen. <laughs> <laughs> I look weirdly at Aobar, and, I'm, and I I'm, shake my head. You can hear me from down the hall yelling at an invoice. <laughs> no, it has to be a caravan. <laughs> Needs to look like this. Needs to have these kinds of seats. <laughs> and I need it now. Then you hear the sound of like a lion roaring. <laughs> he says, to scare the, <laughs> the person into speed. Says, the Grand Dame is a riverboat. Riverboat? Oh no. <laughs> it's uh, owned and run by Lord Dryland. Every night, the crew arrives, they get everything ready. And then local dignitaries, out-of-town nobles, etc., show up a little bit later. Once everybody's on board, they exchange their gold for these golden geese. The river boat takes off up the river, and it spends all night going up the river and then back down the river until dawn. At which point in time, the guests disembark, the crew finishes the cleanup, and they do it all over again the next day. Sounds like an invite-only kind of place. Lord Ryland's quite particular about those who would frequent his casino. I would highly recommend that if you decide to go, that you would present yourself as... And he kind of puffs himself up a little bit. Ugh, as being fairly well off. Hmm. And he looks over at you and he goes, Not that you'd be getting in. Why can't Calic get in? No, I wish I was there. Dwarves, elves, and humans only. So I can't get in either. Oh, no, you could do it. I've seen quite a few halflings there serving table. I'm also not a halfling, sir. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, the wee folk. <laughs> they boss the tables, they uh, take your orders. 
It's quite lovely because they're right there, just about at eye level height when you're sitting down. So at this point, I start strolling back in. I've, I've yelled at invoice to start arranging travel. And I say, oh, you're still here. And I look at these two and I say, haven't we got enough out of this dwarf who enjoys the pleasures? Well, I seem to have quite enough of him. <laughs> yep, I'm good. Thank you. Not a problem. Good luck. Thank you for listening to Heroes Not Included. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe today with your favorite podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to rate and review us. We'd love to hear from you. Find all of our episodes on our website at heroesnotincluded.com. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash heroesnotincluded. And finally... Our podcast is supported by Tevya Schmidt, Chris Gergich, and Josh Heddle, along with all of our awesome patrons. Our patrons not only help us keep the lights on, but they also gain special behind-the-screen access, including patron-only podcasts, videos, and more. To become a patron, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash heroes not included. Until next week... Be the hero.